Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like him. Well, Happy New Year. I got to wipe tears from my eyes right now and probably something from my nose, so I apologize. But uh, I love being in God's presence. Anybody else? I, I just love it. I don't take it for granted. Um, we've talked about for 19 years, the favor of the Lord has been on our church, and I don't think that God's going to stop doing what he's been doing for the last 19 years. This will be our 20th year this year. We're celebrating in a few months, but we're going to celebrate big the rest of this year. Uh, just the, the things that God has done. So I'm excited about what's going to happen. We're going to start a brand new series next week called Transform. That's kind of be our, our word for the year, Transform. We all need to be transformed. I'm going to talk about it a little bit uh, in a minute. But here's the deal. I, what, last night, there was like I, about 10 o'clock last night, I was watching this documentary la, um, on um, the, um, the Olympic, the Olympic um, curling team. Um, anybody else watch that one? Yeah, so, um, but I, I was in the middle of watching this documentary, and the thought came through my mind. And it was this, and it was basically for the last several years, we've kind of been stuck. Um, I think COVID got us stuck in uh, the end of 2019, 2020. Um, I think there's been various things that have happened. And even somebody asked me last year, like, well, how many people do we have? You remember last year, we had another breakout in, in January, and we, we, we were actually at one point considering having to shut the church back down. A lot of churches were closing down again, and it just... And, and a lot of things happened because of that. There were some good things that happened too, right? We spent some more time with our families. That was pretty good. Um, most of us put on all our weight that we lost the year before. That was not too bad. We learned how to cook, right, and all that. But there were some bad things that happened too, and one of which it was this, and I actually shared this with our men's ministry a couple months ago. Um, too many people bought boats that should never be allowed to have a boat. Um, and it's not so much the driving on the water. It was backing it into the water. And I watched one of them. It was hysterical. It was, and I could have landed him, but it was just too funny. So I'm pretty, pretty proficient at backing a boat up. Um, but he backed it up, and he left it in neutral. And the whole boat and the car, hysterical. Like, I felt so bad for him. But I wasn't going to do anything. I should have videotaped it is what I should have done. That would have been the right thing to do. But so he backed up. And you know what happened because of the water... And, and the boat weight of the, all that, it got stuck in neutral, and it couldn't move. And here's what I thought last night. Honestly, it was during the, the Georgia football game. I, I watched it. Um, I just wonder how many people feel like in their lives they're stuck in neutral. They're just bogged down. They, 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 they don't, they're not really going forward. They're not going backwards. They're just, they're just stuck in this place. And I think today, as you know, we just kind of go through New Year's Day, that today would be a great day to get unstuck. And maybe, you know, catapult the rest of this year into uh, spiritual blessings and the things that God wants to do in our lives. And so um, for the next couple of minutes, if, if it's okay, I'd just like to talk a little bit about that, um, about just getting unstuck. And, and it's interesting because um, you could probably raise your hands to this. How many people you've had moments in your life where you've had extreme, like, difficulties? Like, you look back at a year, you look back at five years or maybe a decade, and you're at the same exact place you were 10 years ago. Like, there's, like, there's had been very little change in your life. Um, but there's other areas of my life, like literally, like I look back a year and go, boy, that was a huge change, and it happened really quick. 
And it, it, it's interesting because I think a lot of it has to do, and I talked about this on Christmas, uh, at Christmas a little bit, um, I talked about the, the, the perception and how our perception sometimes drives everything else we do. And, and, and I, I kind of want to go down that road a little bit more because I believe uh, with everything that's in me, sometimes we perceive things to be worse than they really are, and our perception bogs us down. And, and it's interesting, um, a couple years ago, um, I, I, I've been wearing glasses since I was like seven or eight years old, I've wore, or 10 years old. I've been wearing glasses all my life. And I have what's called astigmatism. And I am farsighted in one eye and nearsighted in, 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 in another eye. So like I, I get like depth perception is really tough for me, right? So they've got to make sure that they get all that right. Well, a couple of years ago, I, I got a set of glasses, brand new set of glasses, and I put them on and I walked out and I literally tripped over the curb. Like I fell down like face first on the curb. It's not funny. Some of you are laughing, like, I could have gotten really wounded. I was mostly scarred because of this. But I couldn't figure out, and I was driving. As, I, as I'm driving, my depth perception was bad. Well, what they did was they put the wrong glass in the, in the wrong eye. So where I was nearsighted, they had a farsighted. And when I was farsighted, they had a nearsighted. So I was, the depth perception was all, all, all messed up. And so that's what happens in our lives. So many times, I believe we have the wrong glasses on. And this is what I want to say. It's time for us to put the right glasses on. And it's not the glasses that we have. It's seeing things through God's eyes. What would happen if we lived our lives seeing through God's eyes? Not our own lenses. Now, some of us, we, we see through, we think, um, you know, God's eyes, are, you, know, you know, because God sees different than we do, right? God sees everything, whether it's health or whether it's death or life or whatever it is, he sees it differently. And it's interesting, it's like this, sometimes I see, but I see like a child. Um, so my oldest daughter, when she was about two, two and a half years old, we were walking up the road. I was holding her hand, we were walking up the road, and as we're walking up the road, um, we had a neighbor that thought they would be funny and, and, and was standing behind a bush and, and said, hey, Bobby, how you doing? From behind the bush. And, and my daughter was like, how did that bush know your name? And I was like, and here's, here's worse. What was really strange is she had no, it didn't matter to her that it was a talking bush. Just how did it know your name? And it was the perception of a child, right? The child literally thought, my child literally thought that that bush was talking to her. You know, the Bible talks about the same thing, that a lot of us live like children. We don't see as adults. And there's actually a challenge in the Bible to see things as an adult. It's, it, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 11 says, when I was a child, I spoke and I thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put childish things away. And part of spiritual maturity, like I, I love when people go, I want to go deep this year. That's not just reading more scripture. Going deep is not coloring your Bible up better. You know, going deep is understanding God's perception and how God sees things. That's going deep. And so that's what I want to talk just for the next couple of minutes. Here's the first thing I want all of us to get as we catapult into 2023, right, is this. See yourself as God sees you. What would happen if we literally saw ourselves as God sees us? Because some of, so many of us have a, we, we have a tendency to have two extremes. We either think like we're the worst person that ever walked on the planet, like I can't do anything right, I'm the worst dad, I'm the worst business person, I'll never, I'll never amount to anything, or there's the other extreme, and some people are like, they think they're the best thing ever. Literally had a guy one time um, years ago, walked in, he, was, he came to church here for a short period of time, and he said, he said, I want you to know that I'm gonna be the smartest person in the room. I said, well, that's gonna be momentary, it's gonna be short-lived because nobody's gonna wanna be in the room with you. So I know people on both sides of the extreme. What would happen if we were just kind of understood? We're right in the center. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. This is a passage we're going to be looking at for the next five or six weeks. We'll break it down a little bit today. It says this. 
Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? The way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I love the way, don't copy. You know what a lot of us are doing? We're copying, we're mimicking the world. When we think like the world, when we act like the world, when we do the things of the world, when we think about ourselves, how we think about ourselves, a lot of times that's copying the world. It's behaviors and customs of this world. Uh, there's a book that I read years ago, and it's called Blue Like Jazz, and it's by uh, an author named Donald Miller. Uh, there was actually a movie about it later. But he says when he wrote this book, he was at the worst he's ever been in his life. He was 150 pounds overweight. His, mentally, he had all kinds of struggles. Physically, he had all kinds of problems. But he started kind of just slowly uh, developing a life strategy. And as he developed a life strategy, he lost all the weight and he you know, started healthy and he was writing all kinds of these different books. And, and now he actually is a mentoring program that he, he goes to uh, uh, kids that don't have dads or, or don't have moms and he actually mentors the, those kids. But there's something in his book that he said, and it's always, kind of, it's always kind of stayed with me. He said this, he said, the one key to creating change is to remember that you are in a relationship with, your, with yourself. Make sure it's a healthy one. So many of us think of ourselves less than how God sees us. What would happen if we, we literally went through? Because here's the proper balance. When we learn uh, God's perspective, we can have that proper, ba- proper balance of, I understand that I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I understand that I've made some mistakes, but I'm not the worst thing that's ever walked on this planet. There's this proper perspective. This, and and do you, you all want to know what God's perspective of you is? He loves you and he cares about you. We just sang the song. He's for you. He's not against you. He's made you a brand new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. He loves you that much. Zephaniah says it like this. This is one of my favorite passages. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness and with his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Now, Kayla Meeks, a few weeks ago when we were doing the Christmas series, talked about his son, Jax, when Jax was getting ready to jump off the steps and, you know, he hurt himself and he was just crying uncontrollable. And like, I I share a story, like, that's how my kids were. There was a moment, how many people have kids in the room that you want to keep? (laughs) But do you ever get to the point where they're crying so hard that they stop breathing? Right? You guys know that, right? I mean, they just, all of a sudden, they stop breathing. And, and, and there's that moment when you're holding them or somebody's holding them and they, <sighs> that's exactly what Zephaniah is talking about. He calms you with his love. When, when, when you're embraced by the heavenly father, when you understand who you are and who you're not, there's that quieting by God's love. He loves you. He cares about you. The message of the gospel, listen, I'm going to say something and this may offend some people, but the message of the gospel is not that you're a terrible person. Do you know that? It's not that you're a great person either. <laughs> but it's it's that every one of us have fallen short of God's glory and every one of us has a need for a savior. That's the gospel. That's the beauty of the gospel. The message of the gospel, no matter what has happened in your past, is God God loves you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I just quote, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. That's the gospel. That's what Jesus did for us. You drop down to verse 21, it says, for God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sins so that, that we could be made right with God in Christ. That's who we are. That's how, how much he loves us. I have a friend of mine that, that has done a phenomenal job. She's, she's got her life together, and she was pretty big, and she had a couple of addictions. And I mean, she just, but now, like, she's been sober for, like, five years, and she's lost all kinds of weight. She works out. Actually, she's a personal trainer. Like, of all things, she's a personal trainer right now. 
And she, she said something to me. I talked to her right before Christmas. She said something to me. She said, but there's a voice in the back of my head that keeps telling me that all these changes that are made are temporary. That voice in the back of your head. Anybody else have a voice in the back of your head that tells you that you're not good enough sometimes? Jesus didn't come in the world. Let me, let me, Jesus didn't come in the world and die on the cross so that you can continue or I can continue living in failure. Did you hear me? He didn't come to where he didn't, he didn't die on a cross. He didn't sacrifice. He didn't raise from the grave. So you can continue to fail. He wants us to live in victory. He created us to live in victory. He created us to live a full and joy and, and, and meaningful, purpose-driven life. That's what he's done for us. He's created us to live with potential to change. Uh, regardless of what's going on, he's given us the power to change. That's what he does. That's who you are. That's who Jesus is. That's what he thinks of us. Here's the second thing. See others as God sees others. Now, that's an interesting one, isn't it? My friend um, has a 20, I think it's a 21-year-old son. I had lunch with him right before the holidays. And he said, Bobby, I don't believe I'm, I'm going to say this, but my son's a loser. And I thought to myself, now, he's made some mistakes. All the dads and moms, don't look at your kids right now. <laughs> it's like everybody's like, you're not a loser. But he, he, he said, he said he's made poor choices. He's, he's had three DUIs, and he's had all kinds of struggles, and he's addicted to this, and he's made bad choices with relationships. And uh, if you're new to Journey, I don't have a filter. And so I was sitting there across the table from him. I said, boy, that sounds familiar. And he said, what? I said, do you forget when you were 31 what happened in your life? Three or four addiction, uh, DUIs, addiction, problems, struggles. And he said, I just don't see any potential. And I said, well, what if you saw your son through the eyes of the father instead of your eyes? Like the, the way he saw you with great potential that he poured out. Now he's, he's a leader in the church now. He loves Jesus like crazy. His son's made some bad choices, but you want to know something? The father still loves that son, doesn't he? And so what if, what if we look through the, the, the eyes of the father? What if we look through, like Acts chapter 8, like do you all remember there's this guy named Saul? Anybody remember Saul in the Bible? Saul, Saul was a bad dude, y'all. Saul was killing people like us. He'd walk into church and he'd drag some of us out, put us in prison and execute us. This is what it says in Acts chapter eight. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Do you know what happened on the Damascus road? Fell off a horse. He went to Ananias on Straight Street where Ananias preached to him. He called him brother, brother Saul, brother Paul. His name was changed. Now he's a Paul. And let me tell you what happens in our lives. If we would see through the eyes of the father, we would see that there's Saul's out there that need to be converted to Paul's. Paul was the greatest, one of the greatest revivalists in the course of history. But, 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 but somebody could have just looked at him and said, you're just a Saul. What if we looked at the people around us, the people that we work with, and we say, you know something, in that havoc-wreaking Saul, that person is there, I see a Paul. How would that change? Which leads me to the last one. What if we saw every situation, every situation, as God sees that situation? That, 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 that struggle, how about if we looked at it, instead of, of a setback, how about if we looked at it as a setup for what God really wants to do in our lives? Anybody have an Apple Watch? Raise your hand if you have an Apple Watch. Okay. Do you all use the feature that tells you about all your, all your activity? 
Anybody cheat? That's specifically for our XP, Alan. He'll sit in the meeting. The first time he was like, sit, I'm doing this. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I got to tell my watch that I'm moving. <laughs> well, just get up. <laughs> Not that hard. Move. Right. But it's a cool feature. Like, I, I, I can, and then, then it sends, like, it's really cool. It sends all these messages to my family telling them that I'm, 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 an, I'm like a rock star, like, you did a great workout today. And I get, then, then they send me things back like, you're the bomb, Dad. You know, like all that kind of stuff. Wouldn't it be cool? I, I love all the features. I love it tells me. I just got a text message from somebody. Stop texting me. Um, wouldn't it be cool if there was a feature on our phone that would tell us what we're thinking or how many times we thought a certain thought, especially how many times we thought a bad thought? Like, wouldn't it be cool? Like, hey, you're thinking... That you're a loser again. Or this situation is not going to ever work. Wonder how many times the app would tell me that I had a thought that this situation was hopeless. Think about your, everybody has one, right? How many times would you get a message on your watch going, stop saying this thing is hopeless? Or how about this? I wonder how many times the app's going to tell me I thought this problem is too big for God to handle. Anybody ever have one of those? Now, there's no way you want to work in this room. How many times would it send me a message that I'm swallowed up in despair over a situation that is actually out of my control? What, what would that look like? And I want to tell you something as you're going through this, because you, you're, you're thinking of things right now, aren't you? Like, yeah, that's... If that number is any higher than zero, we have a problem. Because nothing, the Bible says, we sang about it this morning, nothing is impossible for God. I don't care how big, how, 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 how big the chasm is, how big the problem seems to be. Matthew chapter 19, 26. You may want to write this down and make this a verse for this year. It says this, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, Everything is possible. Every single situation is possible with God. We may see the situation as the worst thing that could possibly happen, but the Bible reminds us that God works all things out for those who love him, turns it around and makes it good. That's what it says in Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. We may think this, this world is, is just random and chaotic, and the Bible reminds us that God has a purpose and a plan and I'm going to tell you, he has not taken his hand off this world yet. Y'all know that? I know a lot of us think it's going to you know where in a handbasket, but I'm telling you, I think it's a setup for the greatest revival that this world's ever going to see. Listen to what it says in Isaiah. The Lord of heaven's armies has sworn this oath. It will all happen as I planned. It will be just as I have decided. So if you want to live differently today, we got to look through different lenses. We have to have different perspective. We got to get unstuck. How do you do that? Can I tell you how I do it? This thing right here. Somebody said, Pastor Bob, your Bible is about wore out. Actually, my wife said, you want a new Bible? No, because in this, it's got notes. And in this, it's got promises written. And in this, is things that I, I kind of put on the side, like, like, God, it's like amazing, like exceedingly abundantly. This is a really big moment. But you know why it has so many notes in it? This isn't bragging. 
because I make a point every day to get into this book because it puts everything in perspective. It gives me what I need to have so I can see through God's eyes. Now, I'm going to give us a challenge as a church, okay? The month of January, I want us all, I don't care if you read it in a day or if you read it, it takes you the whole month of January. I want us to read together through the book of Philippians, okay? Because Philippians is one of those books that tells us about our perspective and joy. And I actually talked about it Christmas Eve, but it's the epistle of joy. And it tells us how we should think, how we should see. So every day, and maybe you go through it two or three times. Maybe you write some notes. Maybe you take your Bible and just kind of jot some things down. Maybe this is the year that we see things just a little bit different. I have to confess, I'm, I like gadgets. And last year, I went over to my son-in-law's house, and he had this brand new 145,000-inch TV. It's the biggest TV I've ever seen in my life. It is not proportionate to the rest of the room, but it's so cool. So I kept dropping hints to my wife because like, my old raggedy TV, can't even see, it's got squiggly marks on it now. And, and so, baby, please, can I go get a, a, a TV, another TV, a bigger TV? The first one I put up there didn't fit. It's a little narrow, but put, got it up there. And you want know to, I'm amazed with technology. I mean, I'm amazed at how the new resolutions and how high-res looks and how it sounds and how you can see things. And I feel like sometimes they're almost walking in the TV. How about if we lived like that? Not, not, not TV. How about if we lived in high resolution? The resolution that we understand completely, that God's in control. We see ourselves the way he sees us. We see the people around us the way he sees them. And then we see every circumstance that we come in contact with. We see it through his lenses, through his eyes. I want to do something real quick. I want us all to stand up. We're, we're almost done. But I want us all to be thinking about those things right now that we want to see God do. I, I'm not one for New Year's resolutions. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I, I love goals. Let me tell you why I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. A friend of mine told me this past week that he was going to quit smoking. He's been smoking for 30 years. So he was going to quit. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to quit smoking January 1st. What's today's date? I called him this morning. How you doing? He goes, I already broke it. But I believe when we have an encounter with God, we're not making resolutions. We're seeing things different. We're doing things different. And what, whatever it is for you, it, yours is different than mine. So just for a second, as a response, we're going to shut the house lights down a little bit again. We're just going to have a time of worship, a time for each of us individually to respond to what the Father is doing in us, what He's saying to us, the expectation. And maybe this would be a great time to just say, Heavenly Father, I need your help in this week. I need your help walking through this, this circumstance or this situation. I need to see... I need to see myself. I really struggle, God, seeing myself the way you see me. Or, God, I, I'm having a hard time with my, my, my children or my spouse or seeing him and her through your eyes. Or maybe it's that, that big, 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 nasty 
circumstance that's happening in your life that you need to see through God's perspective, not yours. That nothing is impossible when we give it over to God. Amen. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, in this moment, would you speak to us the way only you can? Would you do in us something that only you can do? Not a resolution, God, but that we would see, we would see through your eyes this year. And as we uncover next week, as we talk about this concept of transformed, God, that you would transform us into what you want us to be. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.